Jets 31, Giants 27. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by Seeky. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we're going to wrap up this preseason finale for you. We didn't get to claim preseason championships like we got to in 2019. We didn't get to win the MetLife Bowl. But I'd say this was a successful preseason besides injuries, Justin. Um, we're going to break down everything from this game, talk about some maybe some roster stuff for Tuesday. How you feeling after we... Uh, Davis Webb couldn't just couldn't pull off that magic at the end. Bobby Skinner, Patreon chat, producer Julian with us too. Don't care that we couldn't win. Preseason doesn't matter. Ready for week one for Tennessee. I'm going to Nashville. I extended my trip by a couple days because the flights were very, very expensive, but don't care that we're not undefeated in the preseason. I'm ready for the real thing, ready to see what this 53-man roster is going to be like, ready to see the chaos that is going to ensue because hopefully we're getting some better secondary players, maybe a swing tackle, maybe whoever else. Bobby Skinner, let's talk about it. I didn't really learn anything new about this football team from this game. Like, I don't have, like, a huge, like, big takeaway from the game, but obviously there are, so, there are still some things to talk about. How are you, Bobby? Yeah, there's definitely some good stuff to talk about, even if it's confirming things that maybe the first two games maybe lied to us about uh, about certain players. Um, you know, like we could talk about Devery Hamilton. Like, okay, let's come back down the earth. Maybe he's not the swing tackle. Um, so, so I'm I'm good. Uh, obviously, wanted to win that one, but I am excited for Week One. I don't know why. Maybe it's because this offense looked functional during the preseason. That like I'm actually really excited for for Week One of regular season, even though we're gonna. You know, we're damn it, we're gonna win. We're not gonna lose. I'm not gonna. I'm never gonna say we're. I'm gonna not lose. traveling to Nashville to lose. You know that exactly. Right? Um, so, before we get into this episode, before we talk about Kenny Galladay and all that's going on around him, this episode was brought to you by Hank Wolf. I love King of the Hill. I know it's Hank Hill, but not Hank Wolf. But I was just, I actually had a clip saved on my phone. Very funny. James Spatafora, he's Italian. Travis Taylor, kind of. I don't know why, but my head just goes to Travis Rudolph, who Julian helped was an accomplice to and something and then die john speaking of travis rudolph die john justin who are these people any relation to ricin john yeah actually patreon.com slash talk giants two hours a month plus some other tiers you get to hang out with us live while we record the shows like we're doing right now for a game recap you want to be hanging out with us after the week one game, after uh, you're going to want to celebrate Victory Monday with us. Bobby Skinner will send us some Sickers magnets in the mail. They'll send you. And then uh, twice a month, there's some shirt raffles. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. Thanks to our patrons. All right, let's talk about the thing that's on most people's mind that actually has to do with week one of the Giants regular season. And that's Kenny Galladay. Ooh. I want to ask you, because I have some things on Kenny Galladay. I have some things that I'm very critical of him on. But I also, I'm also not going to just criticize him because he has a big contract, um, and he had one catch in preseason and was wasn't really targeted in preseason. What like what are your thoughts going into Week One, Kenny Galladay? I almost think it's it's so complicated, man. It's so complicated because he did have 51 snaps, one reception, six yards on four targets during the preseason. 
He had a year last year where Daniel Jones just didn't really seem to look his way. And anytime he really did look his way, it was in situations where it wasn't exactly like Kenny Galladay's biggest strength. You know, mini posts like that was that was Kenny Galladay's bread and butter. And I think like those plays can be successful for him this year. I don't know, man. Um, I just th- I think he's going to be the third option in this offense flat out. Even with even when Kadarius Tony is not healthy and not there, Saquon Barkley is going to be an option that's over him. Wandale slash Shep is going to be an option over him. I think he's going to be the third option in this offense, and that's how I feel about him heading into this year. I think a healthy Shep would probably be ahead of because Shep really does fit this offense to a uh, to a T. You know the the being smart in your route running, using leverage the correct way, right way, breaking stuff off at the right time. So I do think Shep. And I guess you could say Saquon, like, I guess, like, right now, if, if you ask me who gets more catches this year, Saquon or Kenny Galladay, I, I might. But I don't view that as necessarily, like, the option in the receiving game. So I do view him as essentially the two, but uh, and with Tony. But here's where I want to say. The things that Kenny Galladay should be critiqued for, criticized for, that drop in week one of the preseason game. Should not have dropped it. Can't have that in a game, in a regular season game, that's literally the difference of, of seven and three points. That's huge. This is a team that does not have that margin for error. So those are the things. I think he needs to be more consistent and better at the release of his routes when he's got guys, uh, you know, playing closer to the line of scrimmage on him. That's, you know, there was a play ver- week two versus the Bengals where he was supposed to run a post and Wandale was running a wheel and he has to release inside and he gets muddied up and doesn't release inside. You're too big to not be able to get that release the way you want to. Not expecting, you know, Justin Jefferson footworking type moves out of Kenny Galladay. But you should be able to get the right leverage off the line of scrimmage. I'm, But here's the thing I'm not going to say is I'm tired of the effort thing with Kenny Galladay. Like, there was a run blocking play today that got, I mean, it got over a million views. It wasn't even a run. It was a pass. <laughs> it was so, It was an RPO. And it was an RPO, and you cannot block downfield on an RPO. And, 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 listen, and honestly, eight times out of ten, RPOs are thrown. They're very rarely handed the ball off. But guess what? What led to it looking so bad was that not only was it handed it off, Matt Breida bounced it outside the numbers. So on this play, Kenny Galladay's job is to just get inside, wall him off, wall the DB off because you can't block him downfield. Um, and, uh, and, and that run is supposed to go inside yeah. and wall him off. Now, Brita, um, even though he didn't ha- he only had three carries for one yard, he, Brita probably got more yards by bouncing it. I think he got four yards than he did keeping it inside. But obviously, Matt Brita runs into the guy that Kenny Galladay was assigned for. But Kenny Galladay is just walling him off towards the line of scrimmage or towards the sideline. That's all he's supposed to do. That's not a bad effort play by Kenny Galladay. And that's not pointed out to me as a Giants fan. People all over that cover the NFL pointed that out because Warren Sharp tweets out dumb stuff all the time. So everyone's always dunking on Warren Sharp. And that was an example of it. Um, and I'll say like, oh, he had one catch. Well, when was he targeted? Like, tell me like, you know, like they threw all these back shoulders. Well, I think that's the issue, Bobby. Like that's the, you're talking about his lack of ability to separate and, and things like that. The dude just may not be open. And I'm saying may, may not be open. Okay. But also a lot of the stuff in the preseason, because they are running their basic stuff has been either clear out. And they didn't get, like, they throw back shoulders to guys. He didn't mm-hmm. get the back shoulder opportunities. Like, he didn't get those balls thrown to him. So, like, 
He, and you know what? He would have had today a nice 25, 20 yard, uh, reception if, if that player doesn't intercept the ball from Tyrod Taylor. Cause guess what? He was meant to clear the ball, play the ball, the, the space out on that play. He was not meant to be a part of the progression. He clears out. He gets off the line of scrimmage very fast. And then he comes, he fights back to the ball with good effort and the ball gets intercepted. But if it, if, uh, if it, if that guy's not there and, and the, ty- the guy that tricked Tyrod Taylor, that's a 20 yard third and 13 conversion for Kenny Galladay. So what I'm saying is there's definitely things to be worried about with Kenny Galladay. Um, and like you said, part of it is the targets. Like when, but also I'm holding out a lot of judgment for this yes. until week one, until you're yes. actually game planning stuff. Um, so I, I'm just, I'm not ready to just go all out on Kenny Galladay. If it if if the first three weeks of the season look like we this and it's like Kenny Galladay is just not part of the progression and it's not working with this offense, then yeah. But I'm also not going to work when they're using their basics. And half the time, Kenny Galladay is the clear out on a progression. I'm interested to see the snap share too, because there were times where Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony they were off the field last year and, and we're scratching our heads on these post game recaps, being like. Why the hell on a third and seven is Kenny Galladay off the field? Now, with this coaching staff, I I, I I already trust them a lot more simply just because of the stuff that we've seen in the preseason. They're moving the ball and the the, the conceptual stuff. But if Kenny Galladay is coming off the field on these passing downs and, you know, a, you know name whatever wide receiver is going to make the roster is, is going in, you know, hey, two coaching staffs, it may be a reflection on Kenny Galladay. But I'm with you. I, I'm going to save most of my major judgments on like how I really feel about Kenny Galladay until you game plan to include Kenny Galladay in an actual game. Um, because, I mean, clearly, Kenny Galladay is a receiver that's just not naturally going to get open, get all this separation, and la-de-la-de-da. You know, he's and a guy he never that you was. have to... No, never, never was. Never was. And that's not, again, it's not a critique on him. It's just he's never been that kind of wide receiver. You kind of have to force him the ball and get him the ball in those tight kind of little situations. So, um, let's see it week one. Um, but if it's... This training camp in this summer has made me a lot more concerned, and I am definitely no longer on the, yeah, Kenny Galladay is going to have the season that we thought that he would have last year. I am definitely not on that train. So. That's fair. But I was like, like Duggan uh, counted all the receptions with the first team and pra- all these practices. Kenny Galladay had the most. Now, other guys weren't on the field, but like we got to give Galladay for credit for being on the field. Um, so. It's just, and we have seen more Kenny Galladay like receptions and catch and big catch tweets since we inevitably, of course, have the public has not been in those practices. Um, and we so. saw them while we were there too. There wasn't a lot of them, but we did see them there too. Yeah. Um, so and it's so I'm just I'm waiting. I'm I'm I'll, I'll be ready to to grab my pitchfork on Kenny Galladay, um, but I'm not there yet. <clears throat> uh so that's wrong. And I will say Brian Dable's not helping him when he doesn't nip a butt, uh, no, nip a man. headline in the butt. Um, just say Kenny Galladay is going to be on the roster. And that's – people got mad at me because I said Brian Dable's bad at media. It wasn't just about this tweet. It's like it's been kind of a pattern. And, yeah. uh, and again, at the same time, media doesn't – how you handle the media doesn't matter um, unless you're – you know, it, like wins and losses are what matters. When you're winning – like so right now, does anyone come at Brian Dable for the way he hands me? No. But if they lose, they will. So at the end of the day, it's not a big deal. But I just wish he would get better at taking a headline and nipping it in the bud. Because yeah. there's been a few circumstances where it's like, I th- you just got to understand that these these reporters are looking for headlines, and a lot of yeah. their questions are 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 leading and trying to get a headline out of you. Which, like um, Jordan, Jordan asked that question of 
Kenny Galladay not being on the roster? Kenny Galladay is going to be on the roster. Like, yes. Is that a dumb question by Jordan? Yes. Kenny Galladay is going to be on the roster. But you got to see that and be like, he's looking for you to get some type of non-committal answer on Kenny Galladay. But again, that's not really a big deal at all. All right, Bobby, can I? losing and stuff like that, it'll be a big deal. Before we talk about the rest of the offense, can I talk about a a problem that you might want to nip in the butt? Bud, but yes. Bud, I say but. ED, erectile dysfunction. It's not fun. Oh, you're reading an ad. I was like, where yes. is he going with this? Oh, yeah. Um, um, Danny King, uh, fun fact, uh, texted us before the game, said, can't do talking Giants tweets today. I have something to do with a school newspaper. I think he was lying. Um, I think he had Roman. He used uh, promo code Giants. Uh, no, sorry. He used promo code uh, World to get $10 off his first order. He was boning some girls in his room today. How do you like that? Lied to us. Just flat out lied. So, Roman Swipes. That's what also Danny King was using. They're clinically proven to help you last longer in bed. There's no prescription needed. PE treatments, they're safe, effective, and used by millions of men, included Danny King today in his dorm room. There is free two-day shipping. Also love how it's discreet as well. I live in an apartment complex. Danny King lives lives in a college dorm. So when he gets his packages, they're nice and discreet. Not everybody knows that maybe you're struggling with some ED, which is fantastic. Roman, men's health overall, not just ED, helps control your testosterone, gets that in Order. You can go to GetRoman.com slash world today, and if approved, you'll get $10 off your first order. That's GetRoman.com slash world. GetRoman.com slash world. You'll be glad you did. I think I took a Bobby Skinner line. Remember you added you'll be glad you did to another ad read? Yeah, I do remember that. <clears throat> All right, let's talk about well, let's talk about the rest of the offense. Tyrod Taylor got injured. Not good to see that. Dable says not serious, but also... That's bell be. rung. Yeah. He, he, well, he hurt his back. He, Got his so back he, rung. He ran. He went two for four, 29 yards, 7.3 yards per attempt, and then the interception. Um, but he also had that run for 15 yards. I think this preseason and this game in particular has kind of given people – this is who Tyrod Taylor is. Like, I know people – and I don't expect people to go and actually watch Tyrod Taylor games over the last four years, but this is – this has been what he is, and that's why he's like he's a backup quarterback, a good backup QB, but he is a backup QB because there was pressure, and you could see he kind of broke down a pressure. But also with that, you see the the things that makes him a good backup QB. Where on the play where he got injured, he escaped, and you had a twenty five yard pass to Daniel Bellinger down the sideline. You know that stuff. When there was some type of miscommunication on a on a RPO, he escapes and turns it into a fifteen yard run. So you see the good, but you also see like hey, when the pressure's there, Taylor can kind of break down a little bit and then he had that interception uh that wasn't wasn't good either so i don't want to stress on tyrod taylor much but that's just kind of what he is and i i really hope he's healthy because i as much fun as davis webb has been i don't want to go to davis webb if daniel jones goes down in the first couple weeks or something yeah i think he'll be good um don't i i don't think tyrod taylor deserves the most of hate because just that line that they were playing today is not very good and i think yeah. that jets that jets front seven is pretty scary when you got quinn and williams they sent um, that, some pressure at him too. That yeah, yeah, that that one sack that he took. Oh, they sent they sent like Wig Martindale like numbers at uh, at Tyrod Taylor. That Clemens dude is going to be a problem. That actually was maybe his second worst play because they ran they sent an extra rusher. He has to throw hot there to Brito. I forgot the answer right. that. But anyways. call him out. Call him out. That Clemens dude, Michael Clemens is going to be a problem um, for for the New York Jets. So uh, all right, Kenny Galladay. 
Get better, my friend. You mean Tyrod Taylor. Nope. Um, what did I say? Kenny, Kenny Galladay. Get better, Galladay. too. You get better, too. Davis Webb, an astounding 79% completion percentage on 38 throws for 5.3 yards per attempt. Like, to have that high of a completion percentage and that low of a yards per attempt is truly... It's truly like impressive, but Hater. Webb is a guy who's been in this offense. He knows where everyone is going to do, where everyone's going to be. He knows how to run it. So, but again, he's our third string QB. I really don't feel like spending much time on him. It was he's fun. an electric factory. Yeah, he's a fun preseason player. A very. Did you see fun the hand motions player. he was doing after the Corbin touchdown? Yeah, it was. It was very. It was very good. I clipped. He's it. an. He's an electric factory. Uh, so that was yeah. Davis Webb is a fun player. Let's talk about the running backs. Sure. I think Gary Brightwell's making the team. He returned kicks. He only got two carries in the game um, for 11 yards. Like, he probably had one of the better carries in the game. Corbin had one really good one, but, like, Brightwell did did well with his two carries. Um, I Do you think Gary Brightwell is making this team? No, because the numbers don't make sense. But he's returning kicks. I mean, how do you define – how do you define – Make the team means that he's suiting up for week one, right? Not just not just after the 53-man cutdown day. They want to see if they can stash him on the practice squad. He's here initially. No, on the initial 53-man roster. No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. We never saw him. Did we even see him return kicks when we were at camp? We don't really pay attention to special teams. because C.J. Really Board got hurt, though. C.J. Board got hurt. Richie James is only a punt returner for some reason. Yeah, that, just All I'm saying is pay attention when guys are returning kicks. Because that usually can give, you know, a ch- and and also like he, they, he didn't get a ton of carries, you know, like Deshaun. Cor- well, Deshaun Corbin only got six, but he got a lot of re- like he didn't get a lot of reps, you know. So which that would really think, like, suck if Matt Breida or Antonio Williams has to be cut simply because they want Gary Br- again, simply because they want Gary Brightwood to sp- play special teams. I know playing well, they could a keep kick four returner, backs. They don't have but- a fullback. I don't. I don't know, man. I'm not even saying like I don't. I. I think Antonio Brita's going to make the team. Brita could be a surprise cut, honestly, but nothing's forecasted that. But that could be one where it's like, hey, he didn't practice, um, so that could be a surprise cut. Even though I don't see it happening, Antonio Williams got just murdered today. I mean, just in peace. I, I haven't. I have not seen like a like a guy running. I've never seen a guy a guy getting. R- running the ball get hit like that in a long time like, when's the last time we've seen a running back get hit like like we've seen wide receivers get set up or tight ends get when's the last time we saw a running back just just get... didn't see him coming i mean that's the just didn't brace for it couldn't well, even he, run low he broke that tackle and he didn't have great balance you know and he lowered his shoulder and just quan alexander just i mean just dist- i mean just <laughs> fucked him up like it was it was brutal brian dable immediately on my second watch of the game brian dable immediately sees his player get murdered on the football field and then turns to Gary Brightwell, points at him and says, get in. Like it was, you could see it on like even the condensed version of the broadcast. It was very, very funny. Jashon Corbin, who's going to be a guy who goes to the practice squad most likely. He's, he's, excuse me. He's been a nice pass catching back. Yeah. Yeah. Even but, run north and south today. What are, you know, what did he have? What, what are yards per attempt? 3.8. So he hasn't really right. put up much. Like, I think his rush yards per carry for the whole preseason are less than four, which is not good. And one like, of the get, things that I think we said in our UDFA uh, review of him, Bobby, was that he didn't really have that burst. Like, I think he was going to be an efficient back, you know, maybe get some yards after contact, but didn't really have that burst. And I feel like if Corbin had that burst, like we would be maybe having a little bit of a different conversation um, right now about this running back depth chart, but he just doesn't have that burst. Yeah. And he's a little smaller guy. 
too yeah. as well. Um, so uh, I don't have much on the. So let's talk about t- offensive line. Sure. So the only guy I really want to talk about is Devery Hamilton. He played left tackle the whole game. I was hoping he'd get some guard, but I guess you couldn't because of the numbers that you had. Um, he didn't. They could, they could have put tackle. um. They could have put Roy and Batika out there, which they have been doing the first two preseason games to I'm see s- Devery Hamilton at guard, but they didn't. And Batika wasn't good last week in the second half, but I'm surprised he went through a whole second half without us like without it being like noticeably really bad. Yeah, good um, for him. He didn't he didn't play today. Uh, but Ham- the Giants I swing tackle is going to be something they have to address, and I don't even know if it's going to be through the waiver wire. I think it might have to be like you bring in a vet on the men. And uh, it, and I I brought up Mike Remmers that is an example. It doesn't have to be Mike Remmers, but something somebody like that, like a guy who's been in the league, has been a free agent, hasn't got that call. And like I, I just I don't I don't know if there's going to be any good swing tackles being cut, and I don't think we should be trading draft capital really for anybody during yeah. this like we did last year. There's a certain bald headed man or nearly bald headed man out there who played for the Giants at one point, Walter Payton, man of the year. Um, yeah, with you. That's one of the things that I'm watching. You know, as as early next week comes around and. What the Giants do, who you know, where who, if guys are added, whatever. So yes, the Giants desperately need a swing tackle. John Feliciano played the entire first quarter. Julian, what about Alex Leatherwood? If we traded for them. What would you guys think? I wouldn't trade anything for him. No, I wouldn't trade anything for any backup offensive lineman. We did that last year. He um, could get cut too, honestly. Yeah, if he's cut, like he'd be on. Like yeah, take a take a waiver claim on him. Like he's could be better. Than, like he can play tackle. Or guard. I don't know how well the Raiders have developed him. You know, moving him around all the time. Um, but yeah, reuniting with Evan Neal. But that, that's definitely that's definitely a guy. Like I, I'll I this year I'm going to be looking at all the cuts and be like there's got to be somebody out there that we're we're looking for. Yeah. Um. Honestly, none of the other offensive linemen I have notes on because Bredesen, Lemieux, and Azudu didn't play. So I just don't I just don't have any notes on those guys because the, they're their starter and their two backups and essentially their third backup on the interior and Devery Hamilton all didn't play on the interior. Yeah. Um, Jamil Douglas, I thought I actually looked somewhat good at certain plays. So I'm moving some guys really opening bad up in some, some holes really bad on some plays. That's that's Jamil Douglas. Um, still boggles my mind that I think he may make the team over Max Garcia. But we'll see. I, I don't I don't think that should happen. I don't know what the deal is, but I just don't think that should happen. Like, Mac Garcia should be on the team before Jameel Douglas. Other stuff on the offense. And then we're kind of going bang, bang, bang through this. Do you think Darius Slayton's a New York Giant on Tuesday at 4 o'clock? Yes. Yes, I do. You think so? If he's hurt, then sit him. Why is Darius Slayton... Getting this treatment that he's playing, and you know, I guess they are limiting his reps. And I've been, and I've he been literally, I've been sitting here saying, why, are, why is Darius Slayton's reps being limited? And I just, you know, literally, I Patricia Trania on our interview was like, he's hurt, and I'm like, I didn't know he was hurt. Well, he got hurt in that week one game, and he came back to practice last week. They did. Some of the reporters asked him, and he basically said he wouldn't be surprised if he's not. He said, he said, if it's meant for me to be here, I'll be here. If it's not, I won't. Um, I think for him, he should get a fresh start. But for us, I just, I really hope they get some draft capital out of that, man. I just, I, there's got to be, if Ben Bredesen could get some draft capital, if Billy Price can get draft capital <laughs> and BJ Hill, 
I just feel like Darius. So, some teams gonna. Ha- There's got to be a team out there willing to bite on Darius Slade. There's yeah, gotta and I've be. seen and I've seen this point, and I've said it over and over again. Like, yeah, I- I've been done with Darius Slayton at certain points. I mean, the drops are really, really bad, and then you look at he's one of the worst in the NFL at separating. He's one of the worst in the NFL at yards after the catch per reception. The only reason why he's able to be calculated in those metrics is because he actually qualifies in those metrics with enough targets. A guy like. David Sills, and you know we were talking about you know Bachman, even though it's a different position, uh, Board and Colin Johnson, all these guys. Like the reason why those guys aren't able to be compared to Darius Slayton in metrics like yards after the catch per reception and separation is because they just don't play in the NFL enough. Darius Slayton has played in the NFL and he's had some sort of success, even though it was his rookie year and he did lead the team in like receptions and yards like the last two years. So um, Darius Slayton may be a bad player, but he's not a bum. And I really hope that he's on this team because depth. Yeah. And he's, He's better than David Sills. Like that has to be said yes. at this point. Like he, like he is flat out better than David Sills. I know people are excited about David Sills in the preseason and stuff, but he is better than David Sills. Yeah. Um, so if Kenny Galladay goes hurt and Sterling Shepard's hurt in a week, then we're going to be rolling out there with Tony or you know switch what pick your injury. If we have two of those top three wide receivers hurt, you're having Wandale, who's I don't think is going to. Jump onto the season and be uh, the scene and be great. I really don't think he's going to be his first big positive play today. On a reverse, which is like that's that's awesome, that's cool, but that's not what I'm like looking to see for from Wondell Robinson right now. So then you're gonna have David Sills, Shepard Tony, and then Wondell in the slot. That's what that's what that's what's gonna happen at some point, and that's not a good receiving. Uh, that's not a good core. That's it's it's not scoop. good. To, it's not good to play David Sills over fifty percent of the snaps in any game ever. So, again, I'm I, I it's uh it just feels like we're at the last hours of David or Darius Layton's Giants career. Hope not, hope not. And I mean, I'm saying that because of the depth. Like if we if yes. if I if I knew that Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Wandell Robinson, if I knew that those four guys would be ready to rock and roll, ready to go, okay, Darius Slayton, you know, we'll save the two mil and goodbye. But you know, the fact that Darius Slayton has a lot of NFL experience and he's somewhat reliable, dependable, um, great. You know, I hope yeah, you're Yeah, you essentially team. don't have anybody that can take a top off of defense except for Tony, and that's not really the way Tony's ever succeeded either. Yeah. So you just don't have that. You know, you don't have a guy who can be six, you know, six foot one, can go up and get it and stack a corner with and keep good speed. Yeah. You don't, you just don't have that. And that does change an offense. I don't care. I don't care how big of drop rate Darius Slayton's had I don't care how bad he is running a you know a a curl route it's it's a loss so I hope he's here too I really do because I don't value him more than a six round pick that they could get back I don't and I I know he and I know he has a 2.5 million dollar cap hit that's not a big cap hit okay like you're you're saving if you cut him you save one point uh 1.3 million cap space that's what you're saving because he has like a hundred thousand a dead cap and then it's you got to remember it's replaced with another player, so it'll be like a guy with a one point one million dollar contract, most likely. Um, so you're saving, or or maybe it's a, a rookie with nine hundred thousand, yeah. but at, at the most you're saving a, a one point five mil in cap space. And also, and I come from the mindset of I don't work for an NFL team, I never will work for an NFL team. I'm not that smart, but I come from the mindset of what's the point of saving cap space once the draft is over, once free agency is over? Like what what's the point? Well, the Giants do need cap to operate this season. 
But like Darius Slayton, like that. That's all right. Whatever. That's what um, I'm saying. Is it, it? It's 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 not it's not it's not going to be the difference of them being having to restructure Leonard Williams or not. Yeah. But they might have to restructure Leonard Williams at some point. Extend them. Extend Leonard Williams. I'm a fan of that. Uh, Bobby, I have two more offensive notes, and they they're both can kind of be maybe meshed into one. Go for it. Um, Daniel Bellinger, first explosive play that we saw him make in his NFL career. Um, that was, that was fun. Got a concussion a couple yeah. plays later. Joy. Um, he actually, it was the second ball. So he caught a 25 yard pass and then two six yard passes. I think the concussion came here. Here I am. Twitter doctor. The concussion came on the first six yard catch, got really hit hard in the head. And then he made another six yard catch. And then he just didn't make a catch after that. And then he checked out of the game. So I think he was playing a little while with the concussion. There you go. Twitter doctor. Um, Austin Allen. Touchdown catch, maybe a conceptual thing you want to talk about, and then the fourth, uh, the fourth down and four play design to Deshaun Corbin motions to the other side of Davis Webb. The two wide receivers run like a whip route that kind of serve as like a pick, and then yeah, Deshaun Corbin, Deshaun Corbin is is open on the left sideline for a first down. So two conceptual things that worked. So the Austin Allen touchdown was a form of four verts. Uh, and then you had the running back in the flat, which kept the flat defender honest to not carry Austin Allen the whole way. And it was a good throw by Davis Webb. And it was a, it was a touchdown for a guy who was not that fast, even though he did build up some good speed um, and on that play. So it's, it's just, hey, that's something I've always talked about. Is four versus not just a play that's fun to run on Madden. It's a play that if you're running cover two, if you're running cover three, and you have someone that holds a flat defender or a match defender – it can be an easy big play, an easy big play. So that was nice. And then also, if you guys watch that breakdown I did with Cover One, we talked about the mesh concept, and that's something that Jason Garrett runs, something that Pat Shermer ran. It's basically, think I just think of the word mesh, but it's like you got two, you have two receivers on opposite sides running a drag, and then you have one a, a curl hook. It's meant to beat man coverage, and then you have the running back on the wheel route. So. Uh, Davis Webb, th- that's the 20-yard pass on fourth down to Deshaun Corbin. The wheel route was open. But also on top of that, instead of running that regular mesh, the receivers turned those drag routes into uh, whip routes. So again, if a, d- a defense knows, like, hey, mesh might be a-, a play they run on third down, and they're like, all right, man coverage, mesh, g- g- full speed, get you know, get on your horse and go with, with those defenders if, or the receivers in man coverage. They sit on it, whip it out. And uh, I just thought that was some good stuff. Again, simple preseason concepts, but just building on building on concepts. They're like, hey, these guys got a good read on our mesh. Let's run mesh whip or whatever whatever they call it. So I like that. So so um, good schematic stuff for uh, for Brian Dable and the and the Giants offense. Sit on it, whip it out, read an ad. All right, well, let's talk about the defense. Um, but first, I want to talk about SeatGeek. Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. Live events are back, which means you could get $20 off at SeatGeek with promo code GIANTS. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes you buying tickets super simple. We've got the apps on our phones. Um, I, You know what? we got to stop reading the way we got the apps on our We have the app. I have the app on my phone. But they want us to scroll on the app. And it's like, no, we've got the apps on our phone. We don't need you to scroll. Believe Trust us. us. We are men of good integrity. 
Whether it's football, concerts, basketball, baseball, festivals, or more, SeatGeek puts tickets from all over the web in one place to make buying simple. SeatGeek rates every ticket from 0 to 10 to make sure you are getting a good deal. Green means good, red means bad. Every ticket on SeatGeek is backed by their buyer guarantee so you can shop for tickets with confidence. By the way, we put out our vlog, and part of that was at the Yankee game. Yes. I was very disappointed that no one pointed out that before the Aaron Judge home run, I was sarcastically doing... Derek Jeter, like that, that thought that that was something that probably no one fu- found funny but myself. But it was just I like, found it funny. Derek Jeter, and no one called it out. Nope. Um, I've been doing. Go to Yankees. Head home and on. You don't you worry. That. We've got to hook out. You just go Giants for twenty dollars off tickets at SeatGeek. That's twenty dollars off your first purchase with promo code Giants. Make sure you click in the link. The link in the description to download the app. All right, let's talk about the defense. Not much of it. Do you want to talk? Well, do you want to start with positive or negative? So my question is, do you want to start with linebackers or cornerbacks? Corners. All right, so we're starting with the negative. Justin, negative Justin wants to start mm-hmm. with the corners. Yeah. Again, Aaron Robinson was the only of the starters that started. Uh, he got targeted. A co- he had a good pass breakup on one play, but he did get targeted a couple times. Um, gave some completions. Missed a tackle that could have been a tackle for a loss, and that's one thing where it's like, man, I I know you're in a bad situation on the outside, but you got to do those type of things. Like, yeah, we need you to make those type of plays. Um, but we've had the Aaron Robinson conversation a million times. I don't want to beat that in to the ground. It's but just what been- was what was significant is that in a world where Adoree Jackson goes down, it is going to be Aaron Robinson and Cordell Flott, and those were the two outside starting cornerbacks that we had today. Rodarius Williams has been missing for like the last you know month of camp or a couple weeks of camp, and I don't even know if he's going to make the team. He was the backup outside corner on the unofficial Giants depth chart a couple weeks ago, whatever purpose that serves. But I do think you know an uh, Adoree Jackson less world is going to be Aaron Robinson and Cordell Flott on the outside, exactly what we were in today. Or it could be Zion, like Zion, like the starters today were Robinson, Zion Gilbert, and Flott. Flott played both inside and outside. Um, Zion Gilbert, I didn't notice much of him, so I guess that was pretty decent. It's just the depth, man. Like Flott missed a tackle today, uh, and he and missed a couple it? tackles. Yeah, so that's not good. And then also, there's two guys in the uh, in the in the cornerback room on of depth that have played in the NFL, and that's Khalil Dorsey and Harrison Hand. Harrison Hand was just claimed this week was burnt by Denzel Mims for a touchdown. Khalil Dorsey got a, a horrible defensive pass interference that led to them getting into the goal line and then gave up the game-winning touchdown when they sent man coverage. Again, this is against backups, you know, third stringers. And it's just like there's just no good there's just no good answer. Like no. Zion Gilbert, undrafted free da- free agent at FAU, is probably going to start is there could start a game for the Giants this year. But I also think this is a, this has got to be a a waiver wire position too like I, I think we're if there's one Hope. position that we're going it's going to be working the waiver wires it's going to be this position so at the same time I, I think our backup's not in the building right now yeah no they've been in corners kind of all all throughout too but I mean on a re- on a real note though I know I know Cordell Flott's young I know he's raw and we we all said these things about him heading into this season anyway and that you know maybe he shouldn't play but he was not Good. He just didn't look comfortable. I mean, even even in coverage, there were times where safeties had to bail him out a little bit. They got over, you know, whether forced an incompletion or a quarterback just made a bad throw. 
Cordell Flott did not have a very good game. And on that first touchdown, too, that went to Berrios, um, you know, missed that tackle, goes up the left sideline, and, uh, you know, touchdown Jets uh, 7-3. What was it? Side note, I love Braxton Berrios. But, yeah, he missed. 10-3. That, that, was, that could have been a tackle at the line of scrimmage, third and 10, and they converted for six. Yep. So it's like those are plays that will – those are plays that will haunt you as a as yeah. a New York Giants player. But again, I, I'm not going to be mad at Flaught for not being good this yeah. year. I'm I'm not going to be. But the hope for this defense, Bobby, is that Wink Martindale is just gonna fuck with bad quarterbacks' heads. I mean, and, and that's the Did hope. It with and, Joe Flacco today, and there yes, and there's a lot of um you know there's a lot of bad quarterbacks on the schedule. There there was even a third and ten. Um, where no defenders had their hands in the ground and four guys were lined up on the left side uh, of the line. And it was a huge third and 10. And I think it was, I think it wound up being a stop for the Giants defense. Um, and that was an, an, an anima. And it, well, can I help me out here? An anima. Amoeba. Amoeba. It was an amoeba look that some of the some of the reporters were describing that the Giants showed during the joint practice this week, where there were a couple plays where Giants defenders nobody had their hands on the ground. There were no interior defense alignment on the field. Yada yada yada. So hopefully that's the hope. Like week one against Ryan, I don't consider Ryan Tannehill to be a fantastic quarterback. Baker Mayfield not a fantastic quarterback. You know Drew Locke is on the schedule. So hopefully these quarterbacks that we're gonna play, Wink Martindale is just gonna fuck with their heads. Just get them so, so scared shitless about what's coming in front of them. And then guys like Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott are just going to tear us apart. And I think we have to just Well, maybe not that. Dak now that Tyron Smith is gone. Oh, but true. Maybe. We'll get, see. I don't want to get too excited. Um, could you imagine, like, Dak Prescott to Darius Slayton week three Monday Night Football? Oh, <laughs> that'll hurt. That would, that would hurt a lot. That would really hurt a lot. Because Slayton, even, if he, even through all shortcomings, he's just... You like homegrown guys, and yep. Slayton's been a homegrown guy. It would just break my heart. I um, also have this, too. Um, let's move to the safeties. Trenton Thompson, uh, solid game tackling, I think. But, he may you know, have it, given up a touchdown. It's hard to see from in the coverage, TV angle. Again, in coverage, it's it's suspect, and that was his UDFA report coming out anyway, that he's a physical tackler, You know, he's a physical player, but in coverage, question mark, Yusuf Corker. Same kind of scouting report, except Yusuf Corker missed a couple tackles today. Um, you can't convince me that Andrew Adams. It's not about this year. We want to play the young guys. Andrew Adams does not. It's the young guy. We're playing the young guys. It's not about winning this year. Which that I also. We're, can't, we're not winning this year. It's about playing the young guys. I can't stand that take either, because <laughs> Andrew Adams on the team is going to limit the development of these UDFAs. No, that's the thing. It's like it's, it's like Andrew Adams being on the team does not limit anybody. Like if no. those guys are better and, and can outperform, like you know, it's not about this. And and I and I got this today, which this was a. This was the thing that I got really upset about earlier in the offseason. It's not about this year. It's not about this year. I guarantee you people that are working in an NFL building are not just throwing the towel no. in on a season. They're not. They're not cutting Andrew Adams because it's like it's not about this year. This guy's going to – so anyway, I don't really – at the end of the day, it's Andrew Adams. So it's, you know, it's it's not something I'm going like, to be raging about, but it's like that is weird. And again, Yusuf Corker probably is not even going to make the roster anyways. They're probably going to give it to Nate, uh, uh, Meters. Like, he's he played over Yusuf Corker today. He's been playing over him consistently. Yeah. So, Whatever. And, but I did – I did. Yusuf Corker missed some tackles. But I thought, like, he does look good, comfortable in the box. Um, yeah. Like, he set the edge on a couple – man, and 
I don't want to get too ahead of myself. So, I guess this can transition into the linebacker talk because I thought the linebackers were the best performers of the day. That fourth down and one was one of the best run fits I've ever seen on a fourth down in, in short running situation. Yeah, tell I me mean, about it. So it was so beautiful. So you have all these guys lined up in the middle. You got your linebackers. You got your edge players. You got Yusuf Corker down on the edge too. All of the inside uh, guys like the D lineman, even Timon Fox and Quincy Roche, slant in. They slant in and close up those A and B gaps. And the running back's trying to get to a, like a B, C gap read, I believe. Austin Calitro reads it correctly. He plays it to the to that, and then the running back cuts it back. And Yusuf Corker is able to get around the edge, grabs the legs. Calitro, nice, stands him up. And then Quincy Roche, who was part of the, you know, stopping the one side, comes over and then pushes and makes sure he doesn't fall forward because it very easily could have been a fall forward. I mean, that was, man, I I guarantee you that's Wink Martindale's favorite play of the game was that fourth and one stop. The way they just, that was just one of the best team run fits I've ever seen. Like, that was some beautiful stuff. And Corker had his hand in it. Austin Calitro uh, had his hand in it. And Quincy Roche with the extra effort um, to get in it. But uh, there, here's my question. Is Austin Calitro playing himself a roster spot? Because right now, Blake, uh, Tay Crowder, and Micah McFadden are three inside linebackers. He's definitely over uh, Cam Brown and Carter Coffin on the linebacker depth chart. But those guys are specials. And Cam Brown's definitely going to make the roster on special teams. I mean, he's had a good preseason. He had the interception week one. He's looked fine in the run game. Today, he had the pick six, which was not just a, oh, Jack Flacco threw it, made a dumb throw. Like, he saw that running back leak out, got underneath it, flipped his heads, kept his eyes on the QB, and turned that in the six. He had a tackle for a loss. Um, fumble recovery, I'm not going to give him a ton of credit for that bad fight. Like, he looked good. Like, he's a better linebacker than uh, better linebacker than Cam Brown and, and Carter Coughlin, too. So it'd be interesting if a guy who was brought in the first couple days of camp and the Darian Beavers, and like I think he might get his way onto the roster. Trying to see if I can find my notes for our fifty-three man roster predictions because oh, I have it right here. How many interior linebackers? I had six interior linebackers on my depth chart, and because I only had four defensive linemen, they're so, going to carry five D linemen. If the which I know we disagreed on that. If the Giants want, because again, it's it's about a numbers game, Bobby. It's about a numbers game where I don't know if you can fit Blake, Tay, Cam Brown, um, and it essentially would be Carter Coffin or him, and keeping yeah. the fifth. You're not going to keep six, so it's like, do they value Carter Coffin's special teams? Uh, I guess they can. Probably. I guess they can. Which I I would hope that they would. You know, Kalitra over Carter Coughlin. I feel kind of confident about that. I mean, it's just he had a really good preseason, like, and it was consistent. So he's the new Nico Lelos, except I think he's just better than Nico Lelos. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. But, um, you know, and again, he had that part of that fourth down run stop. Like, he was played really well today, but I also could see him getting cut and being like, I know people are mad because he had a great preseason, but also he's also Kalitra. Like, he's been, he's bounced around seven, eight rosters. Yeah. Like, Tough. Um, interior so, defense alignment. Um, well, Three. I want to start with the linebackers. Michael McFadden. Oh, you're, you're not done. Four tackles. Had the force fumble. Had a tackle for a loss. Looked good. Tay Crowder looks so much better next to Blake Martinez. I'm really interested to see how Tay Crowder looks next to Blake this year. Because it's like, he was a guy we were excited about. And then Blake Martinez goes down. And he's a guy who we're not excited about after that. Which I guess does speak to him as a player too. But 
hey, we're not, you know, beggars can't be choosers with this Giants roster right now. Silva McFadden had some if he plays in there, but I mean the good plays are really good, so that's so that's fun. I'm excited to see what he can do, and especially I'm excited to see him rush the passer. Like that's what I I want to see a Micah McFadden QB hit that has an impact on the game, and I especially want to see a Micah McFadden sack um, relatively early on the season. That'd be really fun. Yeah, I, I mean I'm excited for him. I just I part of me still does worry like how does that translate into regular season play with McFadden? But he's definitely a, he's a very fun and exciting player. And I thought he had a successful preseason. All right, well, you wanted to talk about D-line? Yeah, interior D-line. I thought the three guys that are kind of battling out, battling it out right now, um, Jalen Holmes, thought I, I think the first play of the game, Jalen Holmes had a really good play. Nick, Nick Williams, Williams had, had a one. Tackle, tackle for loss on a swim. Jalen and Holmes got concussed, too. The two, of course, you make a good play, you have a good game, you get concussed. That's that's the, it's the, theme, it's the theme of the last week. Justin Ellis, most impressed by him, though, even though he didn't make the flashiest of plays compared to Jalen Holmes and Nick Williams. The two plays before the uh, cilantro interception, Calitro, some may call him. The two plays, first and 10, Justin Ellis, impressive run stop. Controls this guy, flows with the ball, flows with the line, makes the run stop, brings a guy down. And it's all himself, too. Wasn't a gang tackle, all himself. Justin Ellis does that work. Second down, second and ten, second and eleven. Dump off to the right hand side of the of the D, of you know right hand side of the field. Justin Ellis, big man, three hundred fifty some pounds, runs, sprints, helps make a tackle to set up a third and three. Lo and behold, Wink Martindale is able to bring a third down set. Joe Flacco throws the interception. Giants are leading. Giants are winning the game at the moment. So. Two huge plays back-to-back by Justin Ellis. Um, so it's pretty, pretty big. Justin Ellis, you know, we're not really having the, the biggest of expectations like that. But, you know, if Ellis can come in when he is in the game and make plays like that, stop the run and, you know, show a little bit of heart, show a little bit of hustle, that's cool. Other thing, this guy's not going to make the 53, but I'm excited for him. And I think eventually he might turn into Ryder Anderson, man, had, had a couple good plays. I actually went back and listened to our our breakdown of him on the Andrew Thomas episode, and it's like, oh, we do a little or so a little pat on the pack. Like we said, like we got you, you got to move this guy inside. He's got the side for inside, uh, uh, the size for inside. He doesn't have the get off that you can uh, for for to play edge in the NFL, but he's got long arms that can extend and shed, and that's kind of what he's done. Like he's had a, you know, gone from the last undrafted free agent signed. Like they signed, you know, 15 undrafted free agents before they signed him and a successful preseason for him. Uh, Do you want to talk about edge before we close it out and maybe read some dumb tweets? Roche had some plays that don't show up in the depth chart, but the box uh, score or yeah, or sorry, the box score. I, I was hoping for more flash from Quincy Roche. I will say that. Yeah, I, we but, needed like a two sack game from Quincy Roche. So therefore, when he's cut, we can have outrage. We didn't get that. But at the same point, O'Shane Zimenez was playing in the fourth quarter and didn't do anything. He had a QB hit today, but it was on a boot where he was unblocked. It was actually a pretty hard hit, too. But, again, uh, Quincy Roche belongs on the I actually think Roche might make it, though, because of Kayvon Aziz and Ellerson are all injured right now. So, If that's the path, then that's the path. Jihad Ward did a somersault after the Jets had a false start, and I hope he does more of those. Yeah. 
Well, yes. If we're losing and he does a somersault, it's like get this clown off my team. <laughs> we're winning. It's it's very cool. Ugh. All right. Anything else before we read some dumb tweets? Um, I can I talk about DraftKings? About DraftKings? Go ahead then. I want to. I haven't read a DraftKings ad in a long freaking time and the wait is almost over a new football season is about to begin get ready for the nfl week one action with DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner in the nfl to celebrate the return of football DraftKings is giving new customers can't miss off for bet just five dollars on any football game and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly want more action for opening night everyone could experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion get up to seven you win Bet on NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly. Even if your team loses, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOMBOY to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code J-O-M-B-O-Y, JOMBOY at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age eligibility restrictions will apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's read some dumb tweets. This guy show up on the chat on my timeline all the time. He's a Steelers radio guy. Andrew ah, Filipponi. Yes. If, Ty- if Tyrod Taylor's injury is serious and the Giants offered the Steelers a third round pick for Mr. Trubisky right now, would you make the trade? I mean, he says the most delusional stuff about the Steelers. Yes. And then it, it... Why? And and the stupid NFL rumors page, which is obviously just some literal literal kid who's just making stuff up and, and guessing and... and reporting other information as his own why do people try to keep trying to do the mitchell trubisky to the giants thing why why would a team with no cap space trade a third round pick or let alone a seventh round pick or a seventh round pick let alone a third round pick for mr trubisky who's not good like oh the giants were uh you know they they wanted to get mitch trubisky yes as the backup and then they signed tyrod taylor to a big backup qb contract how hard is it for people to get this through their brain, the Giants are not going to trade for a quarterback. Why would they trade for a quarterback, and especially Mitchell Trubisky? Like, I, I just don't know how you can like have a blue check or whatever and say that. It, it, every time, it's like, how dumb are you? Like, Did how, the Steelers how, announce Mitchell Trubisky as the starter yet? Mitchell Trubisky is going to be the starter. He started all three preseason games. By like week three or four, Kenny Pickett's going to start. They And they should start Kenny Pickett, but it's just... It's just crazy. Is there any other don't? I didn't save any more because both of them are. Um, in there was there. Uh, there were a couple of dumb tweets from Talking Giants today. And apologies to anybody that has Twitter notifications on and saw some quickly deleted tweets. One of them, I tweeted Yusuf Corker made a tackle. He definitely didn't make the tackle. NFL.com lied to me. And then we also both tweeted uh, Tyrod is down at the exact same time. Deleted that. But shout out Danny. I took over today. I'm happy to take over any time that Danny's using Roman in his dorm room. Yeah, those tweets were full of energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they could have used some more. It was probably me just watching a pitiful football game. Well, you, I didn't realize how far behind you were. I was like, oh, oh this, is, yeah. this is like, I thought you were like talking like 45 seconds behind. I was like, no, this was four minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, that's the pain of cable uh, or no cable. But shout out Stream East for keeping me sane on Sundays. Um, also, another dumb tweet that I have way too many friends send me, and it 
makes me so angry is that graphic that's floating around i think from last preseason game of like josh allen and daniel jones side by side stats that are like the same and my friends are like is this true he's got brian dable it's like no it's not true you have eyeballs if you watch both of them play one of them is good one of them is not very good well the difference is that josh allen was horrendous his first year and then got better his second year and then popped off his third year where Jones had some really good numbers his rookie year and was good, and then the past two years have been average, um, and with with below average numbers, and it's like this is just totally different. And it's like there's just stuff Josh Allen can do that uh, that Daniel Jones can. Here's something: Do you think the Tua hate is just over the top? Like it's just like everyone just realizes you can get interaction with Tua hate. Yes, but I also think it's funny because it's like it's it's only with Tua. Like I, I love that Mac Jones video, and I love all all the Tua stands saying like if this was Tua, it would be everywhere because that's a hundred percent accurate. The, every fan base does that, like yeah. thinks everyone's picking on them. The Dolphins fans are right though; like they have all the right in the world to be like they, they hate us because they they hate Tua completed a 55, 55 yard pass, but because it wasn't Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, it was ah uh, this loser. It's like you, you know how many times there's an air yard of over fifty yard pass for most quarterbacks in the NFL, like one maybe two a year. Like they're not, that's not real life. And Tyre, Tyreek Hill is not a guy who is like he can take the top off, but that's not necessarily what he does. Yeah, there's no there's no quarterback in the history of the league that could have a highlight like that that fifty yard throw to Tyreek and have equally as many people tweeting that it was a bad throw. As there was there more were. so people. It's it just was crazy. Like, it's been like the cool thing on the internet is to hate on Tyreek Hill or, or Tua. It's like, can you guys relax? However, I blame, I blame PFF because every time that they have a, can you stop this offense tweet? Everybody's just like, Tua, Tua, Tua. I do a small selfish part of me wants Tua to be bad because my brother and I coined the phrase Tua turned the ball over when he first came into the league. And oh, that's I, funny. I would really love that to catch on. Okay. So I'm rooting for him to be good because of how much people are going at him. So this is the end of the podcast, so I want people to know, like, we're not going to give you... Okay, so since we're getting off stuff off our chest that we hate about Twitter, Justin, I want to ask you this more. The way people hate Zach Hample, the foul ball guy, is so over the top. It is the it is flat out bullying, and all these people who talk about mental health and shit are flat out bullying Zach Hample because he's a little bit of a weird dude. And listen, like I, if if you're not familiar with this, I'm sorry, but he he got mad at the at the at the Rockies because they they did single him out, which I understand being mad about, but it's like the usher is you don't you know don't get mad at the usher, but he was just he wasn't like going crazy on. He's just like man, this sucks. Like like everyone else is allowed to move. Yes. Is he a guy who's in his adult who was chasing around? But he's having fun and he's making money off of it and getting baseballs and going to baseball games like that's a fun living. And the Internet just treats him like he's the worst person on earth. And then when that stupid ass Braves mascot literally is smashing kids into the ground, it's like, we love blooper. But Zach Hample, they make up that he tramples over kids and stuff. It's like, and he gives away the balls to the kids, and he's always swarmed by kids who want to have his autograph and stuff. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen the whole, like, oh, does he trample over kids to, like, get, like, to get balls? It's and not stuff true. Like There's that. one clip of him 
from a couple years ago where he does run down and he catches a ball that a kid's got his glove up for. And again, like I, I don't think he, I'm not, I don't think he's a, like, it's part of me. Like I would never do that. Yeah. But people treat him like he's a horrible person and people in our company too. And I kind of want to like bully them. Like you want to feel, you know what it feels like to be bullied. I'll bully you. Like they, they go at him so hard. Like I feel bad for the guy. Cause all he's doing is just trying to catch foul balls and make videos and sign autographs for kids. And people will just treat him like he's like, like he's the bills punter. Like I saw, I, I saw, um, what did I see? I saw somebody say that, oh, but the fact that he's catching a ball is taking away the experience of somebody else catching the ball. It's like, really, the, this is and kids that, don't that's catch where we're the going. Ball. They, they almost never catch the ball in their glove. It's a yeah, wild. And he, and he gives the balls away to the kids. And he so. teaches kids how to catch balls on his YouTube videos, too. Like, he's, he's infinitely cooler than adult autograph people. Like, I get oh, yeah. that it's weird that you're catching foul balls at whatever age, but like, He's also he's not I a bad person. People treat no, him like and he's I a guarantee bad he's a little weird. I bet more kids at baseball games know him than they do like a lot of the players on the field as well. The kids like, he's love mega him. Famous, yeah. It's literally losers on Twitter, adults who are just love to hate stuff, and it's groupthink. That's so that's the part of Twitter that I just hate the most. Anyways. There you go. Get it off your chest. All right, that's an episode. <laughs> <clears throat> So, we'll have player profiles and projections this week. We got Xavier McKinney, Saquon, Daniel Jones. Last week. Last week of player profiles and projections. We will be back uh, with a 53-man roster reaction and and waiver claims. Uh, We'll probably do that on... We'll try and get that done. You know what? That'll be out on Friday because we want to watch all the guys that they they signed. But I'll have a YouTube reaction out to some of this stuff, too. So, you'll... And you'll have see us on social media. So um, we appreciate you guys. It's been a fun preseason. I'm pumped, man. We have th- three more regular episodes or two more regular episodes until it's a game preview with Danny King. We've got the 53-man roster reaction and then a mailbag uh, to start next week. And then we're previewing the Titans game. We're going to be talking about the matchup. We're going to be giving an interview. And then we're going to do our segment. So I'm excited. So we appreciate you guys. Thanks for sticking around this preseason. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, let's go Big Blue.